Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to a Monday night special edition, Valentine's edition, Zebra edition, for the Hager Sipner Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And, Dane, we had a little bit different selection tonight. We're used to Sunday night. We only got to Friday. We had all kinds of stuff tonight. I still have my cheese curds. Don't they worry. stuck with the cheese curds. But uh, we recommended the Double Eagle Burger to Kenny, best burger in town, for sure. We we'll look forward to hearing from Kenny later on in the show. We've got a, a wild show for you tonight. We're going to hear from Assistant Commissioner Robert Falkins here in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about the state finals. We're in that week uh, where nothing else matters. Nobody cares what you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's all about Friday morning now instead of Friday night like it used to be. But we will get some information from Robert for all of those of you who are planning on attending in Indianapolis this weekend as uh, as well as ticket prices and how to purchase those. We're also going to talk about some of the changes to the state finals, and we'll talk about what uh, Mr. Falcons appreciates the most about the state finals. Then in the first period, we're going to be joined by Coach Tony Curry of the Adams Central Flying Jets. We're going to take a ru- uh, look at the rundown of what Saturday looked like at the Coliseum. We're going to talk to him a little bit, not about the Fieldhouse, but about Market Square Arena. And then we're going to discuss what it's like to be dad and coach at the same time then in the second period we're going to preview we're going to do it just like they're doing in indianapolis we're going to start our preview with 152 pounds and go all the way up to 285 and then in the third period we're going to start back at 106 to 145 pounds we'll be joined by as always our special guest kenny williams in the third period and then we've got a couple of special guests who are unable to make it during the regular show but are going to be on the podcast one general heavy hands and also I'm very excited for the first time on our show, Greg Rakestraw, who everybody listened to yesterday during the bracket reveal. Uh, He's the guy that will be on the mat interviewing the champions Saturday night, and uh, we look forward to to talking to him. Two things, Dane. Number one, I had that uh, Belichick hoodie in my hand and didn't wear it. It was like, you know, I didn't. I would have twinned you tonight. It is it Valentine's would, it Day. It would have been. I give a shout-out to uh, Rob Blackman during the Matt, Matt Painter show who was giving a shout-out to the guests who were at, uh, what is it, Wolfie's? Yeah. Is that where they do it at West Lafayette? <clears throat> he said, if you're here with your significant other listening to the Matt Painter show, I don't know what that says about your love life. So, I, you know, we'll throw Jeff and Kenny here under the bus. <laughs> Tony came out without his significant other. They have, they have uh, very understanding wives. The other thing is, Tonight we call this a zebra special in honor of the Rochester zebras that kind of came out of nowhere all day long. I'm watching the the Adam Central Bagabas just blasting through, and it's like, hey, this is I know where this is going to go, and it took the last round, and I've never seen so many Adam Central wrestlers cheering for a Columbia City kid in my life. It was certainly a lot of fun. It took a while to develop. I think going into that last round, I think everybody thought, oh, well, by the time we get to 220-285, it'll be decided. Turns out nothing was decided through 12 weight classes. And then all of a sudden, boom, we had a team race on with a head-to-head at 220 and then a wild final at 285 with a whole lot going on. Uh, Because it it was like 178 and a half to 176 since the start of the round all the way. And it's like, it it hadn't even changed. Yeah, nobody was able to win a match until they got to 220. uh, But... How cool was it to see two 1A teams go at it like that for a semi-state title? Yeah, very good wrestling. A couple of upsets throughout the day that <clears throat> kind of broke some people's hearts. But uh, as we always say, that uh, kiss and cry round with the uh, the go to state ticket round uh, where dreams go to die. It's like uh, just it's a tough round, and there was some big matches in that round. Some of them came out the way teams wanted, other ones didn't. Yeah, and we've talked before. <clears throat> 
everything that we talk about these last two weeks, it doesn't have that atmosphere. It's not special unless there is heartbreak. You know, you got to put yourself on the line to suffer that heartbreak for there to be that joy at the end of the, at the end of everything. And like you said before we came on air, there's nothing guaranteed. Nope. There, there is nothing guaranteed. Ike Rubel could have been pinned twice on Saturday, and the whole his whole dream is gone. But you know, he persevered through it and went on. And for the guys that did make it on, there's going to be 10,000 people there cheering them on. And for those who didn't, they are going to have to show up themselves and cheer on their teammates. You know, it's a tough sport. I mean, it is a tough sport. And I tell you what, um, Dobie Litchfield, 40 years from now, he'll still think about it. But he'll wake up tomorrow. And that's, that's the beauty of it is that uh, you'll learn from it, you'll grow from it. You know, if you get a new job and uh, you run into adversity, you may not go the way you want. But uh, you've been through this pain and you've been through this horrible thing that happened to you but uh, you'll you'll come through it and you'll learn from it yeah and i think one thing that that i think he's already learned in the 48 hours since it's happened is just how many people do care about him from brent Farote to guys from other schools to coach curry even coach cult i I talked to him a little bit and he almost had this feeling of man i almost felt sorry beating him like I, I really hurt that that we had to have our big moment our kid had this great opportunity and 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 he had to do it at the expense of a kid who really had aspirations of, of being a, you know, a quarterfinalist, semifinalist at the state finals. So. And, Dane, i got to take this call because it's a very important one. Good evening. This is Rex Brewer. Who am I speaking with, please? Hi, Rex. This is Robert Falk. How are you? Good evening, Mr. Commissioner, and uh, glad to have you uh, on our show tonight. Uh, called in right on time, sir. Thanks, no problem. <laughs> well, Mr. Commissioner, Dane Filling here. Did you make it to a uh, semi-state on Saturday? I was at uh, East Chicago on Saturday. And how was the atmosphere there? It was phenomenal. I was, uh, I was amazed at how many folks were there. And uh, the wrestling is, is always great at the semi-state level. And um, the energy was, was, uh, was, it was something to behold. After last year and everybody being worried and we had limited occupancy at all our sites, to be full, uh, full-sided and people just having a great time was really, really good. So, Commissioner, one of the things that we always talk about when it comes to the state finals, ever since they've moved to an indoor lobby location at the Fieldhouse, is that much-anticipated building up in the lobby of people waiting to get their seats, general admission. <laughs> now with the changing, and I used to be one of those people before I, I got into radio. I was, I was there at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But now that anticipation has now moved to Wednesday at 10 a.m. where you've got grown men who are, are scheduling their lunches uh, so that they can get on their phones. i got a math teacher who's coming with me. He doesn't have any association with wrestling other than he's been going the last couple of years. He told me that he's going out to his car at 9.55 on Wednesday <laughs> because he wants to make sure he's got full signal to get those Ticketmaster tickets. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, this is something that we've uh, seen and experienced with our swimming. Uh, when we went to uh, uh, reserve seating at swimming, and uh, it just adds another element to the tournament. Um, we're going to give the schools and the wrestlers, you know, first shot at those tickets uh, to, uh, today. They start selling at 10 o'clock and they'll end tomorrow night at 10 and uh, we'll, we'll just see how that works. This is uh, something born out of um, what happened last year with COVID and the limited number of folks in the, the assigned seating. And uh, the, the folks at, at uh, Gainbridge now, what used to be uh, Conseco, uh, have you know kind of been pushing us to go with reserve seating for a while. 
and uh, this will be the first shot at it. We'll see how it works. So before we get into the general public, why don't you tell us just a little bit, because we do have a lot of parents who listen to our show. Uh, coaches have been given a code, is that correct? And, and what's the process for that? No, the, the, the code went to the school. Okay. And uh, the, for each wrestler, that wrestler gets a code where they can buy four tickets. Now, they can go in one time uh, and buy, you know, up to four tickets. For each wrestler that qualifies in advance to the state finals, the school gets two tickets. So as an example, if Belmont uh, had uh, eight wrestlers, uh, each of those eight wrestlers would get uh, four tickets, and then the school would get 16 tickets uh, for, for school personnel. Uh, but those would be purchase tickets. So, um, you know, if you, however they want to do it, however they want to uh, buy those tickets, that's, that's what we're going to do. So, um, yeah, the, the, the tickets go to the, to the school and the wrestler, uh, the wrestlers get four tickets, first choice. If they don't need four, they just use two. They just use two. And then whatever's left over from that allotment of tickets for the wrestlers in the schools will go on to the, uh, to the public beginning uh, on Wednesday. And those tickets then, are those for just one session on Friday or are those for both? No, no, it's all day. It's all day. We, we, we have to, uh, um, yeah, we're, we're going to do a, a, a ticket is good for all day. Okay. So then for the general public, then, it's still 10 a.m. On, on Wednesday. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then that'll be for all day Friday. And then as it was last year, uh, the tickets for Saturday won't be available for purchase until 10 p.m. on Friday, basically when wrestling is over. Again, we're going to give those kids in advance. We're going to give their families and their schools first crack uh, at, the, at the reserve seating. Uh, and so once that last bout is over, we're going to give those kids the chance to go and get with their parents and purchase their tickets, and then we're going to open up uh, tickets for the general public. So, Commissioner, I want to ask one question. Uh, because wrestling is kind of special, and uh, one of the greatest uh, experiences that these young men can have is the walk of champions. Uh, with the split session where you have 106 and uh, up to 145 in the second session and 52 through heavyweight at first session, are you going to allow those kids to walk together as a team for the Walk of Champions, or is that going to be split? It's, it's going to be separate sessions. So each session will have a Walk of Champions. So we'll, we'll get to do that twice. And so every kid's going to have that opportunity to, to walk with their weight class. And, uh, um, again, this helps the, uh, the facility with, uh, with just, um, just movement and logistics. You know, when we get 200 and 24 kids uh, in one spot, it's a little bit difficult to manage them, and that's the same way we have at our semi-states. So with 212 kid sessions, uh, the logistics are a lot better. And again, you, you know, you got a kid that weighs in at 8 o'clock and doesn't wrestle to 8 o'clock. That's kind of difficult for that kid to, to stay uh, enthused. Um, what the coaches liked last year was the fact that, you know, you got a kid that doesn't wrestle until 8. You don't have to bring him over. Uh, all day and let them hang out and just be in the in the facility and get them back and forth and feed them. You can just let them relax or not even bring your kids until you know the the weigh-in time. So um, this this you know what what started last year was kind of a, a pain. Uh, it's turned into something that coaches like, and we're going to try it again and see if it works in uh, in a different setting. And and we'll continue. We evaluate our tournaments every year, and uh, this is just one thing that came out of something we thought was going to be horrible and it ended up being uh, pretty good for our coaches and our wrestlers. 
Well, I'll give you credit, uh, Mr. Falcons. I'll tell you this. Uh, any of the changes that you make to a tournament that people treat with such respect, you're going to get kicked back on some things and you're going to get compliments on others. So I applaud you for saying that each year you're going to reevaluate things and, and, and make changes where needed. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is that I mean, we have a great relationship with our coaches uh, and they're, you know, they, they have a great idea how they want. Now, some of their ideas, we, gotta, you know, we can't do that. But a lot of their ideas are really focused on making the event special for the kids and making it as competitive as it can and, and not have those, those things that we do administratively that ruin uh, the opportunity and the, and the experience for kids. So we're going to do away with those things and heighten the things that, that work well. Well, I can tell you what. I've got an 11-year-old at home that watched – Ike Rubel wrestle in the finals on TV last year, and he has been begging his mother for weeks <laughs> because he wants to go back and he wants to he wants to go to the finals this year. So it is something that from Absolutely. you know from the eleven year old to to you know Rex and his age, everybody wants to be there. And and that is not an uncommon sentiment. I mean, po- folks who have no idea about wrestling, they will come to those state finals and realize it's probably one of the better state finals that we have. Uh, you know, we have our SAC kids, the student advisory kids. We have 18 of them from across the state. And, you know, every year what the seniors say to the juniors who haven't yet experienced wrestling, they say you have to do wrestling because it's the coolest thing in the world. You know, when those lights go out and just one-on-one and the, the sound in that building, it, it's just incredible. Oh, one quick procedural question that I did have for you. Those Parade of Champions, are those going to start before the scheduled? So are they going to start at 11 or does wrestling start at 11? Oh, no, no, no. The parade will be before 11. Okay. Um, uh, and, you know, it'll be much like we did uh, in the prior years with the Parade of Champions, Parade of Champions, National Anthem, and then we'll start wrestling. So we, we've, got, we've got that time built in. We've worked it in this year. Um, that was one of the things that coaches were adamant about uh, for this year. If we we're going to do the two sessions that we have to have, the Parade of Champions at each session, not a problem. We work the schedule out. We can do it. Uh, it's a lot more manageable, and uh, we're pretty excited to do it. Pretty excited. Commissioner, I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, worried about uh, our show. Who are you going to allow in the building in between sessions so that we'll have uh, top-quality guests on the Hager Septon Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly mid-session show? Are, are you talking about Friday or Saturday? On, on Friday, we are going to have our show somewhere around 4 or 5 from the balcony overlooking the lobby. So I guess what Rex is saying is if you don't let anybody in, we're going to have to put you on in person. <laughs> well, I'll be out there, that's for sure. But I think at 4 o'clock you're, uh, you're going to be safe in, in getting folks in. Um, um, we can certainly, you know, in that balcony, we can, we can certainly allow you to get folks in to do interviews and, and talk to the crowd, maybe even bring some folks in the crowd up to, to, to be on your show. Um, that's one of the beauties of that lobby there at, at, at now Gainbridge Fieldhouse is you have some great opportunities just to, to, to gauge what the atmosphere is going to be before and between the sessions. Perfect. So before we let you go, I did have one question for you. Take away sure. all of your duties as an assistant commissioner and just put yourself as a fan there this weekend. What's your favorite part? What are you looking forward to most in this weekend? Well, I, I think what I'm looking for most are those uh, um, those ticket round matches, uh, you know, where, where kids are going to go, uh, you get to, to the final four, uh, and those matches are just awesome. Um, uh, and and it's it, it is it is it is an experience, and you know this. You know what 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 happens when you get 
you know, the number one and number three kids wrestling to, to go for a state championship. Those, those four kids, they've earned it at that point, and uh, it is, it's a battle. It is a battle at, at, all, at all levels and in all instances, and that's, that's my favorite. I, I just love the fact that how hard those kids worked, how hard those coaches worked with those kids, and, and just to see their efforts uh, win or lose, just the effort that they exert is, is something to behold. So I, I'm always a fan of that. So, Commissioner, with this huge crowd we have uh, gathered here uh, live tonight, a uh, question comes in for the crowd. They want to know, in that split session, are the kids that are wrestling in session two going to be allowed to get in early to watch their kids that they've wrestled with since kindergarten in that first session? <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're making accommodations for so. If those kids want to come over, they don't have to. If they want to come over, we're going to have uh, some seating for them. They'll, they'll get their credentials, and they'll be able to, to sit in their assigned seats and, uh, and enjoy the wrestling, much like the, the casual fan, and, and, uh, and also to cheer on their teammates. So, uh, again, that was one of the things that the coaches talked about that, uh, that we could make happen, and we're, we're happy to make it uh, available. Well, Commissioner, we certainly thank you for coming on our show, and we can tell you that uh, everybody here in Adams County is fired up about this weekend. Everybody, no matter where you are, whether you're in the lunchroom or at the water cooler, people are asking, what time are you going down? What time are you leaving? Where's your hotel? Where do you want to eat in between sessions? And uh, there's a big chunk of us that are ready to come down to Indianapolis and uh, see some wrestling this weekend. Well, I tell you what, we can't wait for you to get here. We, we hope your kids put on a good show, and we hope they have a great experience. Um, you, know, we, you know, we spend a lot of time as, as, as commissioners and, and, and staff. We spend a lot of time with the kids and the, and the coaches just to make sure um, that they're having a great experience and, and nothing goes wrong. And um, I've, I've, I've loved my time with the wrestlers who are, are just, just great kids. They're, they're fun. They get enthused. They get excited. And uh, – and that, that rubs off on the crowd. And, it, and like you said, people can't wait to get back uh, to see our state finals. So, Commissioner, we always do appreciate the hospitality that you give to WZBD. Uh, we were talking, I was talking to our station owner this weekend. Four semi-states in the state of Indiana, only three radio, sh- com- uh, radio shows covering uh, live radio, and two of them were in the same place, owned by the same man. So, uh, <laughs> um, Wow. So we do appreciate the uh, the. Uh, hospitality that you do give us, and I, I, I told him, I said, it doesn't hurt to suck up to Jason Willie a little bit throughout the season either. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you guys do such a great job, and you have such a great following. It, it only helps us to have you spread, you know, just just showcase our kids, and and your weekly shows are, are a great sign of that. And um, uh, all that you do, uh, we, we'll help you do do what you do to make our sport great and make make our wrestling state finals a great experience for the kids. So, you know, all you have to do is ask and. You know, I may say no sometimes, but most of the times I will make what we, we'll do what we can to accommodate you. That's not a problem. Well, Commissioner, we look forward to uh, maybe seeing you in person on our show on Friday. We'll get you the details as to when we're going to be on air, and we certainly okay. thank you for your uh, appearance tonight. Well, very good. Just, uh, you know, if you, between those sessions, if you need some help with some logistics and if you want to set up, a, just give me a call, and, and we'll see what we can do to make it happen. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good evening. See you Friday. See you on Friday. Thanks. And that's been the uh, IHSAA Commissioner for Wrestling, Mr. Robert Falkins. Uh, always a good guest to have on. And I tell you what, uh, the uh, large crowd that's gathered here tonight was uh, really interested in a couple of key pieces of information that uh, the commission has been uh, willing to give up to us tonight. And uh, so anybody listening to our show out there trying to figure out how to logistically get your tickets, you may have a little bit more information there. But that, 
our uh, overtime or our I'm sorry, our weigh-in period has ended. We're going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running board for us for a round of commercials. We'll be back with uh, first period and Coach uh, Tony Curry, the Adam Central Flying Jets, right after this. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Winter might be here, but that doesn't mean that we can't think about golf. Give Cross Creek Golf Club a call at 724-4316 or visit their website, crosscreekdecatur.com, for all of your off-season golf needs. Memberships and gift cards make great presents for the golfers in your life. Book an outing for this year, but hurry as they fill up fast. March is just right around the corner. Cross Creek, a proud supporter of Belmont Athletics and Belmont Wrestling. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek, once again live for the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And for the first period, after that uh, great interview we had with the commissioner, we were joined by the coach of the Adams Central, Flying Jets. Had his uh, stocking cap with bagabas on the front of it, which I did write down in my other book. I know what that means now. I'm, I'm always having to tell him what it means. I wrote it down. <laughs> I'll get you one of those hats, Rex. I'll, I'll I'd love to see you wear that thing. I'll wear it. I'll hey. shovel snow. <laughs> Guess what I did for you? I bought you a little Valentine's Day gift today. Did you know? I got you an Adam Central State Wrestling shirt. <laughs> how, how many AC wrestling shirts have you worn in your life? <laughs> that would be the first. <laughs> be the first. Uh, I figured so. I think I might have stolen off. I might have stolen off Mikey Grumo back in the day. I don't want to reveal anything, but <laughs> oh, there you go. I get to Jay County pants. I'm wearing Jay County today. Uh, oh. I'd, I'd probably draw the line there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you tell Myers that. Our, our buddy AJ <laughs> Bradley. Our Woody. buddy AJ Bradley, who listens every week and looks so sharp in his suspenders and purple tie last week. <laughs> You're the only one that's got a Muncie Central shirt so far. I know. I don't have one of the new black Muncie Central. I know. Ones. I so. got a kick out of. I uh, I was standing next to Casey at one point. During the day, Saturday, and I said, Casey, you, you don't have your suspenders on? He's like, ah. <laughs> He's shaking his head saying, ah, AJ's the only one who can pull that off. <laughs> I tell you what, though, that heavyweight class on Saturday was just wild. You know, you came in thinking you knew what was going to happen, but the, the Clark kid from New Haven, I mean, it didn't matter what the score was. He was about like the kid down in Evansville that, that beat Miller and then was down in the ticket round. Uh, it was wild. I'm telling you, sometimes those heavyweights are a little deceiving. You know, they come out there, and um, he doesn't have the, the most uh, intimidating-looking physique. But uh, that kid's an athlete, man. Like, Did you see the double bi-flip? The double, <laughs> double flip bi-flip? 
<laughs> we were on the other end of the arena, but the heavyweights, I'm telling you, if if it's going from uh, one kid's back to the other kid's back, that always gets the arena and the crowd all fired up. I think, and that, that I place think, was buzzing. There wasn't there. a whole lot of coming off your back, though, on Saturday. <laughs> Once you got on it, although I think the Clark kid did get two pins while he was on his back pushing backwards. I think Dane talked at the restaurant afterwards. He said, if – one cruise is rolling through, and your back is this wide. Yeah, there's a lot takes, more time to get pinned. It, it takes a long time for the other shoulder to come back up. That's two seconds. He just like the slowest roll through, and is like, uh oh, this is going to be trouble. Well, I thought it was funny, you know, when Clark pinned Via Fuerte, nobody was cheering harder than Ben Sprunger. <laughs> I mean, I saw him; he was jumping up and down, and uh, unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out for 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 Bluffton, but. You know, for, for Clark, what a what an experience. And then, you know, so he comes back and, and pins Jellison for third, but Jellison was in overtime with Fishback in the semis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was wide open. You could throw those guys in a paper bag, just shook them up and poured them out in any order, and I don't think it would have made a difference. So, Tony, you end up with four guys. I talked to all four of your guys in a couple of different interviews for an article that I still have to write here in the last two and a half hours before deadline. But... Um, I asked them all the same question. I said, how cool is it to go down with three other teammates? You know, any more for Belmont, Adams Central, Jay County, four is a pretty big number. Four is a big number for us, you know, the last several years. Um, last year we had three, which was, was a really solid year for us. I think uh, Phil, shout out to Phil who runs our, our Facebook webpage, Stats Guru. Uh, he texted me and said 1990 was the last time we had four in and the one year before that, I think we had six. And so we tied the second most in school history. Um, and, and it was just exciting. We had, uh, you know, a great opportunity, a couple good draws. And the, the, the kids showed up and, and wrestled hard and, and won some tough matches. Every kid at semi-state's good. And, and it, takes, it takes a tough match to, to win that ticket round. So, Tony, as the football team plays in the state finals and you've got a lot of kids on your wrestling team that are on state football, you come out, you get a short, you, you get a short season, you get a couple of kids hurt with some major injuries, yeah. you get some other kids that aren't, aren't eligible come in. At what point in the season did you think that you'd have four semi-state qualifiers? Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know – Coming into the season, you kind of know who who you got coming in, and we returned three of those state qualifiers from last year, and, and I know we have some kids that have been in the program that are, are talented enough to, to be in that conversation. Our problem at the beginning of the year was just getting everybody healthy. Gavin Cook essentially missed all of last season. He broke his arm in, in the last regular season football game, just never quite healed up right. He wrestled maybe two or three matches, re-injured it. So his season was cut short last year. Logan Allman missed the first half of this season. Another one of my semi-staters, Keegan Bloom, um, didn't wrestle until team state. Um, that's when we got Allman and, and Bloom back. He, he ripped his hand open in the football state finals. So we just couldn't quite get everybody there at the same time. And it, it was really January before we we kind of settled into what our lineup was. Um, and, and honestly, about conference is where we really started putting things together. And it's just, just what it was this year. I gave, I gave Logan some crap on Saturday. So I'm going to start you off with a mean question. I said, I saw you wrestle at Team State 
second round when you got beat. I said, you looked like crap. I said, you really, you really screwed that match up. You guys could have won that. I said, but you have, I mean, from there to where you are now, you've, you've improved so much. And I said, and then I, I asked him, I said, you know, really, you really got put in a hole by not being able to start your season until yeah. January. You deserve some credit for, for where you've gotten to today. Yeah. Ullman is one of those kids that does not back down from a challenge. Um, He's gritty, he's tough, he's a competitor, and, uh, you know, he's a kid I'll throw out there, you know, every every single time with, with confidence that he'll win a big match, and Logan is, is a, a tough, tough, gritty kid, and it did take him a little bit to kind of get settled in, and I think that first first uh, event out at, at Team State, he was maybe amped up just a little mm-hmm. too much, and we spent that gas tank a little too quick which and, is already about a half a gas tank anyways right <laughs> yeah yeah so he, he he's settled in and and he's he's wrestling quite well right now but it's one thing to see you know a week ago when we saw the semi-state draws you know you see it and you think well that's a really nice draw but it's a whole nother thing to to make it happen Correct. To, to reach those finals and to score those points and to put your team in a position to win right a semi-state title so you know, Allman drew into uh, the Homestead kid in the ticket round, who is a very solid wrestler. We saw him in the dual meet, and uh, he actually wrestled uh, Gavin Cook in that dual meet because we had Cookie up for that match. And I want to say that was a six to four, six to two type match. So, um, and, and I think that kid had maybe three or four losses coming into the the semi-state event. Um, so we knew that was not going to be, you know, an, an easy match. And then. Uh, the Graber kid from Northridge has been at semi-state I, every year, I think. Well, there's um, been a million Grabers yeah, at semi-state yeah, from Northridge. Yeah, that kid's been there. And, and you know, he's a, a very solid wrestler as well. But if if you want to be honest, Dylan Stroud and, and Landon Birch were both on the opposite side, which helped helped our uh, cause um, to put two very, very, very good wrestlers on the, on the same side of that bracket. And it opened up an opportunity for Logan to make the finals, and he did. And you know, he wrestled Stroud, a pretty strong match, but, you know, semi-state runner-up for him is a, is a good finish. You know, and it, it lets everybody know just how tough that Dylan Stroud is. Yeah. You know, a lot of times those kids up Manchester area, they come in big records think, yeah, they're okay, but uh, he's a real yeah. deal. He's a real deal. Alex wrestled him, actually, uh, freshman year. So in their quarter bracket, um, Stroud beat Alex, and then Stroud drew into Ian Heath. And that was that was the three kids in that little quarter bracket, and Heath beat him, I want to say, in overtime. That was a good match. Um, three years ago, and then that next year, Heath, Stroud, and Alex all were semi-state champions in, in consecutive weight classes. <laughs> so that was a, a pretty solid quarter bracket, um, Alex and, and Dylan's freshman year there. So I'll ask you now, peel it all away, coach of four wrestlers, dad, uh, high school coach, how excited do you get for this weekend just to be down there, even when – uh, all of your guys are done, and you know you don't. If you don't have anybody in the finals, how excited are you still for Saturday night? You know, Mr. Falcons uh, referenced it earlier. The state finals event in wrestling is one of the coolest um, events there are. Um, I'm a big high school sports fan. I've been to the volleyball state finals. That was that was fun as well. Been to the football state finals. I had two boys playing football, but there's just something about the state finals wrestling championship round when the lights turn off. I mean, you get chills. Like if you don't get chills and then, then you're not paying attention to what's going on because 
it's electric, it's exciting. Um, kids that have worked their tails off for years, it, it's the culmination of, of hours and hours and hours of, of hard work and dedication to get to that point. And every one of those kids that stand on that podium absolutely deserve it and deserve the recognition that they get this coming weekend. So as someone who has been under those lights, what do you, what do you say to a kid this weekend? Say it's Alex or Blake or, or, or whoever it is. What do you say to them? What do you share from your experience as a wrestler to then transfer over to as a coach and talking to somebody who, who is going to be wrestling in the finals? Yeah, so it helps a little bit that, you know, Alex has been there a couple of times. Blake Hirely went there last year and, and, and uh, earned a medal. Uh, Logan Allman qualified last year. So the biggest thing is not letting the environment, the stadium, all that outside uh, distractions affect what your your mental approach to your to your match is. You still have to stay focused. You still have to stay mentally prepared and and, and realize that even though we have the parade of champions, we have you know an electric crowd. We have all this stuff going on. You're you're in you know. Bainbridge Fieldhouse now, right? It's so hard to get used yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I still want to say uh, Banker's Life. But, you know, you're in a, a large stadium, a large arena, and you still got to stay focused on on the task at hand. And, and it's hard because you want them to enjoy the experience, soak it up, but not to the point that it takes away from their performance. So, you know, we talked today about what to expect, you know, like, that you know three of the four played on uh the state uh runner-up football team so i'm like it's just like when you walk into lucas oil you know the 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 stadium goes up way further than you think it does and you're you know a little wide-eyed when you first walk in and it's a little different than going up to busco yeah i mean you know you're you're playing at high schools that you know and even the coliseum is is a is a little bit that way you know for for a freshman or sophomore that's never been to to that but the state finals is just different. It's exciting. You know, you bring the, the best wrestlers across the state into one one venue. And, you know, as a fan, I love watching all the other high-level wrestling matches. Now, having participants and, and the son there, you know, I stay – I'm probably a little more nervous or a little more um, focused on some other things, and I don't watch as much wrestling as I would like to, but um, – it's still fun. I'll I'll go back and I'll watch it after the fact on uh, on the the streams. Well, just like Hoosiers, Gene Hackman put tape measure out and told the guy how high is that? It's ten feet. Yeah. You know, different than the basket we got at home. It just yeah. looks a little different. Now I know that uh, we actually carry uh, Bob Lovell's Indiana Sports Talk, and one night they took the clip out of there, and Bob Lovell and I think Greg Rakestra actually talked about the state wrestling finals, and they actually gave wrestling a little bit of a bump because. Most people don't understand it. I mean, if you're a basketball guy and never been to a wrestling match, they actually boost it up and talk about how exciting it is. It's like wrestling fans are twisted a little bit tight. You know that. <laughs> and it's not like going to basketball or not like going to volleyball, but it's it's just a, a unique experience that everybody's yeah. got to see. Yeah. And, you know, with, with the fall, you can end a match, you know, with one move. You know, there's – there's been, you know, we, we had a couple of examples you guys were referencing earlier. You know, you could be leading the whole match and make one mistake and, and it's over. In basketball, you might have a turnover. You give up one bucket, but you don't lose the game on, on one turnover or one play. So um, 
Yeah, it's, it's different. It's exciting, and uh, it's, it's probably the funnest weekend of, of the year. Well, with that, we are going to call it a, a, a timeout here with Coach Curry, and we'll be back with the second period after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Welcome back to the Hector Seven Hershey Zelda High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. And fans, you have to come out and witness, witness these shows in live person because more happens in between the commercial breaks than happens on the air in some nights. But uh, uh, nice little crowd out here tonight. Uh, a couple of those uh, men were able to talk their uh, wives into coming out on Valentine's Day for a uh, Haggard Seven Hershey Zelda High School Wrestling Weekly program. I thank Coach Curry for coming in, and uh, uh, here we are in the second period. Yeah, and I thought we'd look through some of the brackets for those of you who are not, maybe like uh, Coach Farrote who came up to me today. He said, Dane, how do I get brackets? <laughs> BJ made me laugh. He said, Dane, I just need you to print me off some brackets. <laughs> so I got him the brackets that he wanted, and then he was happy to see it. Actually, so. I found them. They were, they were in an easy place today. Last week, it was like a whole different this week were easy. Bam, they were right there. Uh, we give credit to Joe at Indiana Matt for uh, helping us. And there aren't a whole lot of people who are – Looking at anything right now besides the Indiana Matt uh, brackets, he does a nice job of putting the, the rankings on there. And, you know, we, we talk so much about rankings, and there's so many reasons to talk about them and then so many reasons to throw them out the window. But, you know, Mike Reiser has put so much work into these state rankings. They're worth something. They're, you know, you look at these and you say, oh, there's a reason that this kid who's 41-1 and one is ranked 13th. That tells me something as compared to the kid who's 40 and 6 and ranked third. I know that he's been through a tougher schedule. Yeah, you look at his schedule and say, oh, he got beat by this guy, this guy, and this guy. Okay, he's number four, but he got beat by one, two, and three. Okay, if you're number 13 and you got one loss and you haven't wrestled anybody in the top 10, okay, that's a, that's a great job by, by uh, Mike. So at 152 pounds, it's going to be bright and early, 11 a.m. It sounds like 11 a.m., Sharp. Tony, you like how Dane went into the order that they're actually wrestling on Saturday? <laughs> yeah. That's the way I'm going to do it. On, uh, we're going to assume Matt Four. Uh, it's going to be Cody Glitherow and Aiden Costello, Ron Colley versus Hobart. And then after that, it's going to be perhaps one of the best matches in uh, the first hour of the tournament. 
It's number four versus number five. Not much of a reward for Alex Curry coming out of Fort Wayne as the number two. Uh, he ends up wrestling number 500 May right off the bat. Adam Central versus uh, Modern Day. And uh, Coach Gable gave Adam Central a shout-out in the, in the show yesterday. He knows enough about Adams County Wrestling to know that, uh, what that singlet means. So, Tony, I'm going to ask you, you a question. We'd seen that Betts kid when he wrestled. Did mm-hmm. you know how good that kid was? I did. I, you know, you, you kind of keep an eye on, on what's going on and uh, who's, who's kind of feeding into that uh, semi-state. Um, and I knew the kid was good from a lot of common uh, opponents and stuff. The, he was having very, very solid results. And, uh, you know. That's a good 10th grader, isn't it? Yeah, he's a very, very good wrestler. <laughs> very good wrestler. So for those who don't follow us closely, Hunter May last year, uh, a semifinalist at 145 pounds, uh, but Alex Curry has his own medal from two years ago. He was seventh at 145 pounds. Should be a terrific match. And uh, like we said earlier, there's a lot of heartbreak. There's a lot of joy. But, man, to put yourself out there in front of, I don't know how many people will be there, 11 a.m. Friday morning, yeah. six, seven, eight thousand people, and put your career on the line. That's exactly what Alex is going to do. You know, look, look at Logan Miller. Logan Miller ranked number one. Yeah, not wrestling this week. You know, every every kid, I, I tell them, tell all my uh, kids on the team, every kid that's at the state finals is there because they are good. Whether they got zero losses, one loss, six losses, seven losses, they all have enough talent and capabilities to win matches, and. The, in my opinion, there's no easy match, period. Um, you know, two years ago, Alex was fortunate to um, earn a medal, and I think he won five to three. He lost a, a one-point match in the morning, three to two, and then um, took another loss. And then in his uh, wrestleback match was like a, a four to five match or something like that. So there's there's a lot of one and two-point matches, and and. Every kid in this bracket, all the brackets, are, are completely deserving of being there and, and have the capabilities to, to win matches. At 160 pounds then, Duke Myers is in the same spot on the bracket as Alex is, down on what we assume is going to be Matt Four, the second bout at 160. Uh, Duke is going to wrestle Chase Wagner from Zionsville. The two did not meet at Mishawaka. Uh, I do remember Wagner. He's a sophomore. Uh, not sure if he's a direct relation to the champ that they had last year, Logan. But uh, same last name, same school. He was seventh at the Al Smith in the same bracket that Duke uh, went to overtime for third and fourth. Uh, he could have drawn the young man who beat him for third and fourth from Penn, A.J. Steenbeck. So I would say probably a pretty decent draw for Duke. Steenbeck, on the other hand, draws Cade Law. Um, that's that's uh, two of the top three at Mishawaka who are going to be wrestling on on Friday night. So that kind of looks to be the marquee matchup, although Cody Goodwin of Crown Point and Chris Newman, another one. We talk about Mishawaka a lot. Man, there are a lot of Mishawaka guys in this 160 bracket. But like Tony says, there are no easy matches next week or this weekend. No. And I look through those names, you know, coming through the ranks, those are the kids that have, have, have meddled in the ISWA folk style state, freestyle state. And, and there's a lot of names in there that are familiar that we've either been in the brackets with or, or cross paths with. So there's a lot of very, very good wrestlers in that weight class. At 170 pounds, I like Eli Johnson's chances against Isaac Valdez of Mishawaka. Johnson suffered his first loss in the semifinals on Saturday. Uh, I was awfully impressed 
uh, and I've been impressed with him for a long time, Brody Porter, somebody uh, from Eastern who was at your invite that we covered earlier in the year. Um, you know, he's 41-1. and one. I think the only loss was Eastern ended up at that Crown Point tournament, right? Yeah, and so yeah. the, the, his only loss is outside of, of Indiana. So he's really undefeated when it comes to Indiana. And not to mention, I think he spent a lot of the year at 182, right? Yes, I think he did flip back and forth. Um, he was up at 82 and then dropped down to 70. And that Porter kid is, is a, as strong as they come for, for 170 pounds. He's huge. He sure seems like it. Yeah, he is a big boy. <laughs> he's a big boy. At 182 pounds, um, we're going to be hearing from uh, General Heavy Hands later, but uh, Dial Capone Vizi was your freshman semi-state champ at 182 pounds. You know, sometimes with all the hype, we just – People assume things, but still, a freshman to win semi-state at 182 is quite a uh, an accomplishment. And it looks to me like he has a great draw. He's got two unranked wrestlers in his in his quarter bracket. He's got uh, number 12 in his bracket. But I'll tell you what, he's going to have to do some work because I saw him wrestle Drake Buchanan from Center Grove, and Buchanan took him down, I think, three or four times before. Uh, VZ went sort of backwards and, and Buchanan kind of stepped on his foot and he suffered an ankle injury and it kind of hurt him a little bit at the end of December, beginning of January, but still a super talented freshman that's so much fun to watch. Tony, I said something to Dane. I didn't see him pushed all day on Saturday. Did you? I, I've seen uh, Dal, Dal Capone VZ wrestle several times. Um, he's been in, Trevor, my younger son, has been in weight brackets with that kid. And... He is smooth. He is athletic. He is very, very solid. And, and it is a quite impressive feat, no matter what, to win 182 pounds, let alone as a freshman. Um, that kid is, is a stud. I, I made the statement to AJ, if I was 15 and looked like that, I'd walk around <laughs> with my wrestling straps down too. Yeah. That kid's a, from what I see, he's a, he's a quiet kid. He's humble. He goes out, he takes care of business and comes off the mat and, you know, as a wrestling fan, I, I enjoy watching that kid wrestle. He, he's And had success at that real high level already, yeah. Pan Am champ in yeah. freestyle and Greco. Yeah, he's a real deal. At 195 pounds, we don't have anybody from our, our sectional, but I do want to point out that Connor Barquette is the only wrestler this year who has beaten Blake Hirely, and Barquette is 51-0 and 0 yeah. now. That kid is good. And, and we ran into him at the uh, Rensselaer Tournament. And before Barquette uh, actually beat Blake last year in the state Seventh finals. Seventh and eighth, right? Yeah, yeah. And so going into that, I asked the West Lafayette coach, I'm like, hey, you're going to bump him up. And he's like, heck yeah. And I'm like, good, because we needed, we needed that match. And at, up until that point, Blake had had a lot of first period falls. And I was looking for, you know, somebody to push him in that. Sometimes when you take a loss, that's a good thing, and, and you can reevaluate, refocus. And Blake's gas tank wasn't quite where it needed to be. And you know, Barquette is a great wrestler. He exposed a couple things, and and that I think we're better because of that match. Now, looking at 220 pounds, I'm just going to go ahead and jinx us all now. But every Fort Wayne wrestler at 220 pounds, if you were to just pick by chalk and go with rankings, is favored to win on Friday. Uh, great draw, I think, for the Fort Wayne semi-state. You look at some of uh, uh, of the draws that are there. What an outstanding field! You've got Christian Carroll, who is arguably the best 220 in the country, <laughs> right? And then you've got uh, 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 the the kid from Modern Day, who's also def- uh, undefeated. And both of those young men are on the opposite side 
from Blake Hirely. And so I think that turns out to be a great draw for him. But the young man from Penn, Juan Grange, I saw him at Mishawaka. That's going to be a battle of just two absolute physical specimens. They're ranked 3-4. Yeah. So so when you look through this list, in in the the 220s out of Fort Wayne, they were physical specimens. I mean – the Hinton kid is put together. Kids are running back, I think, on their football team. The Beck kid, both of them kids are sophomores, and they are 220 pounds of solid muscle. Um, Blake Hirely has a great physique. And then you look at Christian Carroll is, is unreal. He's I mean, the, the kid is just phenomenally strong. And, and there's these kids are so much better with the weight training today than, than they ever have with the nutrition and weight training. These kids are physically strong, strong kids. Then I turn the page to 285, and I don't feel nearly as good about Fort Wayne's chances as I do about <laughs> 220. Um, but you know what? That's what makes it all fun. And, and you look at that 285 group, and, and I'll jinx us again. Somebody from Fort Wayne is going to win a match at 285 and really earn themselves a medal. Uh, I, it was such a fun match or a weight class to watch on Saturday, but uh, there are some awfully good heavyweights out there from those other three semi-states. The young man from New Prairie, who is also undefeated, wrestling <clears throat> Christian Carroll every single day in practice, you've got to think, has, has had to have had a leg up on just about anybody when it comes to practice partners. So, Tony, I'm going to ask you a question. You asked me how many times I've ever worn an Adam Central Jets shirt. How many times have you ever wrestled? When you're in a wrestling tournament, you've cheered for a Columbia City wrestler. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, yes, we wanted to win as a team, but it's hard because I know the boys were excited. They were cheering for the, the Columbia City kid. And, you know, I don't like cheering against kids. You, you know, the, but, yeah, you know, kind of inside. I wasn't outwardly cheering for the kid, but um, – you wanted a semi-state because yeah, you've never yeah, had one. I, yeah. I put you on the spot early in the day, and, and, and you flat out told me, well, we're not, you know, we're not really all that concerned about the team race right now. We'll let that take care of itself. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I told the boys, I'm like, if you do what you're supposed to do and everybody takes care of their job, we'll be right there at, at the end. Whether we win it as a team or not, you know, we were trying to, to push through as many individuals as we could. And by doing that, it put us in position to be – contending for that title right down to the the very last match and the rochester kid man he did a great job that kid had you know his whole team pulling for him they were cheering like crazy on the sidelines and uh you know that match goes to overtime and the uh clifford kid takes a shot and you know our kids thinks he, he's gonna finish it they're starting to get excited and then the the fishback kid did a great job of defending that off and then securing the takedown himself and winning an individual semi-state and a, a team semi-state all in all at, at once the, all at once at the same time in so one, in one moment i'm sure that was cool for that kid and something that he'll he'll remember Th those well, kids are probably two of the most athletic heavyweights we've seen yeah and yeah. the same thing with those 220s you know these 285s Man, these kids are athletic. They're big. They're strong. They're athletic. You know, the, the days of kind of those big roly-poly kids pushing each other around are long gone. Well, that's been our preview of 152 to 285, which is the morning session on Friday. And uh, if you are not able to make it to uh, Indianapolis, to Gainbridge Fieldhouse, uh, I was just talking to Jason uh, earlier in the show. Jason is going to have our live WZBD coverage playing over the loudspeakers here all the way through the tournament, all the way from Friday morning all the way until Friday night. 
And as long as somebody from Adams County makes it, be right back on the air all the way up 9 a.m. Jason said he'll have uh, the speakers on and he'll have it tuned in with the, with the video. So if you're not able to make it down to Indianapolis, please come out here and, uh, and thank Jason for, for doing that and supporting both our show, our broadcast, high school wrestling here in Adams County. And uh, it should be a really great atmosphere for, for those who have to stick around in town. Hey, Dane, let's get this commercial break in, come back, and we'll squeeze our last one in. So uh, we'll hit those other weight class right after this commercial. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. And that's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Hagerstepner Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek as we make our way to the uh, third period here. Actually, it's the overtime period, and let Dean uh, tell we us what's going to happen. We just skip third period, go straight just, to the overtime. Yeah, we, I think we are. Oh, we're having so much fun, we just we just can't get it all in. It's going to be a very extended podcast version, I know that, because we got uh, Greg Raystraw from the HSAA calling in, too. On uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, February 15th, we've got... High school basketball, Southwood at Adams Central with the Pacers to follow. The Pacers, Rex, have blown up their team. They traded half their guys away and are rebuilding. I don't know. We'll have to ask Steve what they, he thinks of they, all of those. They took a lesson from the Cubs. Yeah, I think so. On Wednesday, then we got Purdue basketball. That's a 9 o'clock tip with an 8 o'clock pregame. Purdue just barely slipped by on Sunday as I headed over to get my roses in Bluffton. And uh, I saw the, the large bouquet that the judge bought for his wife and it kind of dwindled what I bought for my wife, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I did listen to Purdue pull one out. That's always entertaining. Then on Thursday, we've got radio auction, and then it's all wrestling all day, Friday through Saturday. We'll be on the air Friday, 11 a.m. Hey, you never know. 
Steve's Uncle Frank might call in again. I hope so. And then we'll have our show sometime. It sounds like the, the commissioner is going to give us access whenever we want it, but we'll be on the air in between those sessions. I expect, if you're trying to, to chart out your day on Friday, I expect wrestling to go from about 11 a.m. to maybe 2 p.m., and then we'll be on the air somewhere around 4 or 5, um, and then wrestling starts again at 7 p.m. on Friday night, and then we will have the high school basketball coaches show at 7.30 and then at 8.30, we will go on air for the quarterfinal round. And we will stay all the way through the semifinals. And then we will take a short break. We will not be carrying the Purdue game against Rutgers. We will instead cover the placement rounds, third and fourth, fifth and sixth, seventh and eighth. And then we will have the finals, which usually start somewhere around 7.30. And then on Sunday... We have the boys' basketball tournament draw with Bob Lovell and Greg Rakestraw. That is at 5 o'clock, and then we will wrap up our entire five-month season of High School Wrestling Weekly at 7 p.m. right here for the Double Eagle on Sunday, February 20th. It's only been five months, Dane? Well, we started in October. <laughs> with that, we're going to send it back to the studio for our last commercial break, and we'll come back right after that, and we'll finish off in podcast with more wrestling talk right after this. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street, Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly. And stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Welcome back to Hager 7 Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill with about a minute to go on a regular session of the, uh, the radio portion. I'd like to thank Steve for uh, running the board for us. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors uh, for tuning in. I'd like to thank uh, Dave Nathan for getting this uh, version up to the podcast. Uh, our podcast hits are really up on WZBD's website, along with uh, those downloaded from NAMAT.com and uh, Dane, Tony, any last words uh, for the radio listening guests? Well, if you're wanting to hear our preview of 106 to 145, definitely tune into the podcast either on WZBD or on Indiana Matt so that you can hear all of our, uh, our expert analysis, I guess you might call it. But uh, I'll give a shout-out to Coach Curry. You know, I, I, and I told him this, and I think he kind of just said, oh, you know, it's no big deal. But I don't think a lot of people realize how close they were to what would just have been a phenomenal accomplishment 
on Saturday, a semi-state title for a school their size in a single class sport just isn't really something that happens anymore. And uh, it, it was a great showing by them. They won, in my opinion, every match that they should have throughout the entire time. Uh, Trevor, you know, God bless him. <laughs> he scared the crap out of us two weeks in a row yeah. and, and, and advanced. He didn't end up making it to state, but... You know, that match could have been the difference between you guys finishing first and you guys finishing second. And I think yeah. everybody on your team deserves credit, even the the Evan McAfee's who weren't there, those guys that have contributed all through the season. And uh, it was just a lot of fun to watch you guys on Saturday. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's a bittersweet there because, you know, we wanted to win and, and we were close. Same thing at sectional. You know, we were, we were right there with, uh, with an opportunity. And, you know, it just didn't go our way, but you got to just keep moving forward and – you know, now we're focused on trying to win Friday night matches. And you had a couple of kids win morning round matches and just wrestled better kids yeah. in the ticket round. I mean, Caden Funk wrestled right. well for you right. all season long. He's a 52-pounder, and he's yeah, wrestling he's, 60 because – He's a 45-pounder. Yeah, and wrestled <laughs> he's a 45 well, pounder. and he wrestled that Farnell kid, and he's just right. better than he was. But uh, I think uh, Caden – 35 wins in a season yeah. for, for an undersized 60-pound. I think it had a great season for you. Yeah, yeah. you know, I can't complain. We, we won six matches in that first round. The only loss we took was uh, uh, Keegan lost to, uh, I'm going to apologize to this kid, the Concord kid. Uh, just Cole, call him that. Coltukian. Coltukian. Yeah. Um, that kid was put together, man. That kid was physically a beast. Yeah. And, and we lost that first round match, and that kid ended up being our, our champion out of the semi-state. So, you know, our kids wrestled well. Um, like you said, we put ourselves in position to win matches we were supposed to and and just come up just a smidge short. So with but, that, uh, we've ended our uh, regular session for the radio version of the Haggard Septon Hershey's Hershey High School Wrestling Weekly. Turn in, tune in next Sunday night for our postseason final episode of the Haggard Septon Hershey's Hershey High School Wrestling Weekly. But don't forget about Friday in between sessions. Correct. For a very special. Well, show. you're going to be listening to the wrestling on that ter- term. You just anyway. don't just don't turn it off. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. With that, uh, Steve, we're in the podcast session. You want to go ahead and put those 106 points on? Yeah. Well, I would just continue on what we were talking about before we went to the break. You can extend the growth that Adam Central had this year all the way down to the Eddie Everett's and the Zach Worms. You really had some guys who went from. Guys that I expected maybe to be 500 after the seasons that they had last year, or like who can expect that much out of Zach Worm coming into the season? He really did wrestle well. There were some guys that he was outmatched against, but for the most part, he really took care of a lot of the guys that he should have, and that's really why you got him on the team. That's right. You know, we had two first year wrestlers on our team, our 113 pounder, Jarrett Smith. Um, kid never wrestled a day in his life, and I was at the Bluffton football game, and I knew we needed a, a 113-pounder. I saw the kid run up the run up the bleachers. I'm like, that kid looks athletic. And so I, I yelled It at, wasn't Rex because no, he wasn't running no. up the bleachers. I, I'm, carrying, I, I'm carrying radio equipment. I yelled at Funk. I'm like, Funk, who's that kid behind you? And he's, he's looking at me like, what are you talking about, coach? And so I figured it out. It was, it was Jarrett. And I said, I told Trevor, I'm like, text that kid, because Trevor has everybody's number. He's my social kid. It's 1A it's <laughs> high school. He's got everybody. He's got everybody. I'm like, text that kid, see if he's interested in wrestling. And so Trevor uh, sent him a message, and he said, I don't know, an hour or so will come back. He's like, yeah, I think I might. And I think that kid ended up winning like 25 matches for us this year. And that's incredible. He's, he's an athletic kid. About halfway through the season, he started figuring some things out. And, and – 
he doesn't like to lose, which serves him well. And and Zach Worms the same way. He he decided to wrestle for the first time, and I don't think he's ever wrestled before. And he comes out and wins, I don't know, 25, 30 matches for us as, as a heavyweight. And he's a big, strong, athletic kid. That's does, he want a to sophomore. Do it, does he want to do it again next as year? As far as I know, yeah. <laughs> That's important. We're, we're going to try to get him back for sure. For sure. So let's take a look here at 106. Holding off on our guest here for just a second. But uh, at 106 pounds, uh, I thought it was interesting uh, that we had two girls qualify for the state finals. Absolutely thrilled about it. Um, I was, to be real honest, I'll put myself out there. I was a little disgusted at the uh, the IHSAA show making a point to call it the IHSAA Boys Wrestling State Finals uh, and saying that these two girls had qualified for the Boys State Finals. Well, I'll tell you what, until they go and sanction a girls' state finals. This is just the state finals. I, I made the state sa- same statement. Steve Gagel, who's been running a board for us for years, says, stay tuned for the boys' wrestling semi-state finals. Juliana Campbell walks by, and I said, young lady, I said, uh, our radio station had an error on her commercial. <laughs> I said, it's the wrestling yeah. semi-state, and she just smiled and walked away. She's a heck of a wrestler, yeah. man. And she that, is that, good. That crawl girl's good, too. Yeah. I haven't seen her in person. You know, we've uh, obviously um, seen Juliana wrestle and out through the ranks uh, at some of the elementary that stuff. Craw, she's a real deal. Crawl Girl has the best blast double of anybody really? in the state. Yeah. So th- they both draw pretty tough matches. Heather finished third at Newcastle. Juliana ended up fourth at Fort Wayne. They wrestled uh, number four, Gavin Gendris from, from Crown Point, and number five, Luke Ryu of Avon. But it will be cool when things get started at 7 p.m. on Friday to see those two girls come out of the now, you're not as old as I am, but uh, we broadcast uh, Kayla Miracle's match against uh, Lee from Garrett, and uh, she had him on the ropes. It took a yeah. it took a last minute reversal to beat her by one, or else she'd been a first place winner. That Lee kid was good. He was yeah. a Garrett kid, and he yeah. ended up transferring over in Ohio, and I think he won an Ohio state state title before he was said and done. At 113 pounds, uh, looking through that, I know. Easton Doster seemed disappointed with third, but I'm awfully impressed with him. He draws Evan Singh of Evansville Modern Day. That's a three versus two. They're in the same quarter bracket as defending state champion Ashton Jackson. So that's uh, three of the top seven in the same quarter. There are no easy draws. That's that's for sure. Uh, Tanner Tishner remains undefeated and is, is the Fort Wayne semi-state champ. Uh, I really like his chances to reach the semifinals. That kid's a real deal. Uh, and Western just has some absolute studs. Then at 120 pounds, uh, the one that uh, has drawn a lot of interest. Uh, obviously, you heard us talk. If you've been following, if you're listening now, you know that Logan Miller has been knocked out of the tournament. That was number one at 120 pounds. Uh, Ike Rubel was dropped down to six. That one point moved up to four because of his loss to Noah Likens, uh, who he defeated the very next day. But ahead of him are Lane Gilbert and Kyrell Lavelle. Both of them end up on the same side as Ike Rubel. So you have the three highest-ranked 120s on the same half of the bracket. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, Ike's made it to the finals the last two years. He has an unranked wrestler um, from Cascade, and we've talked to their head coach earlier this season. And then uh, an interesting draw in Christopher Bone, from Munster or Braxton Vest, somebody that we saw at Mishawaka, but there's a lot of familiar names there, and uh, there's a, there's a you know when you get to that level 
and you know that where you're going to be, you know you're going to be ranked top five. You're constantly looking at what those guys do throughout the year, so they all kind of seem familiar. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of that other quarter bracket between Lane Gilbert of Sullivan and Kyrell Lavelle of Warren Central. Lavelle was third last year at 113, while Ike made the finals. Uh, Lavelle lost to Cotty on the other side. And then for Lane Gilbert, he was third at 120, and he was a semifinalist the year before that. I always think 120, 126 are your two weight classes that are always loaded. You got those young kids that are freshmen and sophomores that are on their way up, and you got those, you know, juniors and seniors that never, never outgrow it. And, and 126 is always the weight class that has just loaded kids, 120, 126. You look at those kids, and they'll have asterisks next to their name because place winner at 6, place yeah. winner at 13, uh-huh. place winner well, yeah, at look 20. At, look at 126. If you look at this Indiana Matt bracket, you can see how many people are named there. For Gavin Cook, he's not in the state rankings. He'll draw Joey Butler of Whiteland, 36-1, and the Evansville semi-state champ. Whiteland's not somebody that's really on your radar throughout the season, Coach, but uh, what do you know about him? Yeah, I think, isn't that the kid that Ike wrestled in the semifinals last year? Yes. That's the kid, yeah. And, and you know, solid kid. You know, anytime you, you place fourth at semi-state, um, you, you know you're going to get a stud round one. I mean, it's just it's just what it is. And it's pick your poison between, you know, some of these, these champs that you potentially draw. So, you know, Gavin has some work 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 ahead of him, but, you know, Gavin is a kid that, that works his tail off. He, he, he He's a bulldog out there sometimes and just never gives up, never quits. And, and that serves him well in some of these matches. So He can, he can get somebody. And he's, he's a dangerous kid, and he's strong, athletic, quick. Um, you know, we know we know we have our work cut out for us, but you know, if he goes in with the right attitude, we're going to try to try to wrestle this kid. One thirty-two also has some really interesting Friday night uh, matchups. Uh, you look down there, you see Elijah Anthony. There's already some trash talk going on between him and Brady Ison. That's two versus six. Yeah. Uh, Wyatt Crescia draws yeah. Brevin Thrine. Those. That's a really interesting. Uh, I keep thinking of Crescia as Delta, but Center Grove versus versus Newcastle. And then obviously you've got Zeke Seltzer in this weight class. But Logan Almondra is a a pen wrestler for the second straight year. Yeah. He gets Bryce Denton, 22 and 6, unranked. You know, we keep talking about it, but you you can't argue or or be disappointed in in, in drawing a kid who hasn't quite been on that state radar uh, throughout the season. You know, kind of sidetrack. Think about if that crazier kid still stayed at Delta, man. 32 was crazy at our regional to begin with. And you throw another kid like that in, in the mix. I mean. For sure. It, it's, it's just crazy. 32 is always is always a strong weight class And his as well. sister might have placed at 26. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. was so good. We saw her at the girls' state finals beating uh, Andrea Hernandez, and uh, it was it was something. Uh, Landon Birch is not going to have an easy match against Star Walker either. We saw him at the Al Smith that's a really good quarter bracket there. And yeah. then obviously you've got a champ like uh, Seltzer at, at 132. Yeah. At 138 pounds, the story is going to be uh, Jesse Mendez for sure. But you've also got a really talented wrestler in uh, Bryce Lowry, who's undefeated from Ron Colley, and uh, Cole Salome from Kankakee Valley. Those, those are one, two, three. Um, you know, all the credit to Cameron Clark. You know, we've talked... You know, we've told the stories. You tell high school kids all the time. You tell them uh, Randy Baker, Jason Woodson story. You know, it doesn't matter if you get beat at semi-state. 
that kid who always beats you, he may not be around by the time you get to the finals at the next tournament. And yeah. we see, we saw it this weekend with Doby. Uh, didn't reach the, didn't reach the, the, the semifinals, didn't move on. And Cameron Clark comes in and takes his place and ends up being semi-state champ. Yeah, you got to take advantage of that opportunity. That happened to us a couple years ago. Um, Will Fechter beat Alex in the, in the dual meet, beat him at conference, beat him at sectional, beat him at regional. Uh, we, we made it into the finals. He didn't, and Alex ended up winning semi-state. Um, the Carroll kid knocked him off in the semifinals, and Alex got the got the win against the Carroll kid. So, uh, and then we wrestled William again for seventh and eighth. Yeah. And that was the, you know about the fourth or fifth time we wrestled that kid, and, and you know finally got one on him. But um, yeah, you know you just the Clark kid did a great job wrestling, and I think he's turned the corner the last two weeks. That's probably the best I've seen that kid wrestle in a long time. You know, he also started a season late, had a broken yeah. ankle or something, yeah. didn't make it until like hour. He wasn't in our ACAC yeah. duels, yeah. I know. Um, that was early in the and season. And he's just gotten better each week. Yeah, he's he's that kid's put in the time too. I know he's done a lot of summer wrestling. Just a tenth grader. Yeah, he's good. Well, Coach, we want to thank you for coming back on the show for a second time this season. We want to congratulate you on all the success that, that you had and the abbreviated season that you had because of football. And uh, I know I speak for Rex. Uh, we really enjoy following your team, getting to know your guys, getting to interview them, and all those things. We did skip 145. Yeah, you skipped 145. You know, Tony would not be happy <laughs> with us. We don't us. want to talk about uh, yeah. Tony Abbott. If we did. Coach Abbott would be upset if, I, if we didn't talk uh, about uh, it. Coach he, Abbott called me today in the middle of, in the middle of uh, class, and he's like, hey, I, I want to know if you know what I'm like. Because hey, he, san- he was standing on a fender someplace. <laughs> he was. Uh, Toby Abbott is one of just, I think, two undefeated wrestlers at 145 pounds. Uh, I, I like his draw. I like uh, who he's got. Friday night, Saturday morning, I look down at the bottom and I see uh, a couple of really talented wrestlers in Aiden Torres. We know what we've seen in him. Brack Hooper used to be at Carmel's, now at Zionsville. Blaze Garcia is another kid who was at Avon and is now at Brownsburg. But, you know, the, the two big names, in my opinion, at 145 all year have been Kuntz and Watson. Yeah. And they're both on the other side, as is Brody Arthur. Uh, but that's because Brody Arthur got third on yeah. On yeah. Saturday, and Toby Abbott, you know, deservedly got his semi-state title. And I think, you know, gosh, could we see a Cowan kid in the finals? You know, how he, awesome would that be? He beat be a real, cool. he beat a real good Miller kid from Lakeland who took yeah. out Brody Arthur in a in a yeah. in a battle. And I, I think he came to the top of that class, showing that uh, he is that good. For sure, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we are we are certainly looking forward to. So, Coach, as we uh, switch to our next guest, we we appreciate all of your cooperation and and the work that you've done with us, and we we really appreciate um, being able to follow your team and, and watch them through their ups and downs. We went from calling a match, uh, you know, I was I was on on COVID break at the ACAC duels, but then. We also called, we literally called one of your matches from a cell phone <laughs> sitting next to Phil Arnold next to the buzzer. Yeah. Just like in, this. In whatever that, <laughs> that thing was at Martinsville. That we, Field House it, was, it was a jungle there for a while in 1A, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And then all the way to being one takedown away from a, from a semi-state title, it was a lot of fun this year. And we're looking forward to this weekend. All right. Hey, thanks for having me. And good luck to everybody this weekend. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Coach. Yeah. 
So we're going to switch now to a real brief interview with our good friend here, General Heavy Hands, who is going to talk a little bit about what his experiences were with the wrestling Saturday at the Fort Wayne Semi-State. We're going to dial him up here. He was calling early. He was anxious, getting <coughs> fired up. Hello. Hello. Hey, is this heavy duty? General Heavy Hands. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing, Heavy? Pretty good. Well, first we got to get your impressions of Saturday's wrestling at the Coliseum. What was your big takeaway? Well, I was kind of disappointed that you know Belmont didn't pull it out. Uh, I was. When Litchfield lost, I kind of took out the wins out of my sails, and then I saw Calamentez uh, lost, and so I was kind of down. But overall, I was kind of impressed, especially with Rochester, my uh, college teammate, Clint Guard's team. Um, I was happy for them being the 1A school, <laughs> going ahead and taking the title there. But uh, I think... Overall, I thought the wrestling looked better than the past years. If that makes any sense? No, I think it. I think it does. And I'll give a shout out to your SAC. I was talking with my wife on our way to uh, Rack and Helen's Saturday night. Uh, you know, you got a qualifier from Northrop. You got a qualifier from Snyder. You had a qualifier from Concordia. Concordia and one from Bishop Dwanger. Uh, I would I would chalk that up uh, as a nice little feather in the cap of, of the SAC. Yeah, but to me, we're halfway there. What I mean by that, you know, traditionally, eight from the conference was like a bad year. You know what I mean? Um, and I would say that the hallmarks should be around 10. That's where we should be at. You know, so for me, with eight schools, we should have average one per school. That's what, I, that's what my opinion is. But I would say better than most recent years. But four is good, but we, we need more. For we sure. Need. And, you know, with the state of some of the programs like Wayne and Southside and Northside, you know, they're just not really, you know, Wayne wasn't too far away a couple of years ago from, from having, you know, the couple of years there they had two state placers. But, you know, those are programs that are still trying to work back to having the level of wrestling that, that gets you to – Indianapolis. So, you know, four yeah, out of the eight teams. That's not it, bad. Was it a coincidence I was helping out at Wang when uh, <laughs> uh we'll, we'll give you we'll give you credit. I, I don't know. Was that a coincidence? I don't know. They uh they definitely, you know, I'm trying to now I'm I'm blanking on names there, but they they really did have some some quality individuals. Yes. This is about 10 yeah. years ago. Not even 10 years ago. Eight, it's eight, like 14, 2014 to like 2017. Okay, that sounds about yeah. right. You're right. So you had uh, you had uh, Sean Johnson with Sam Hill. You had Kanez Omar and you had Jeffrey Davis, a two-time state placer, and Kanez Omar was a state placer as well. So um, a lot of that had to do with these guys were involved in wrestling in the off-season. Off of course, you know, that's how you get better. Um, I think the culture has changed around there. Um, they, 
I think Wayne's had like five coaches in the last five years or something like that. And that's, we just don't have any consistency there, but I, I know their coach is trying to help the program get better. He's a teacher there at the school and that, that hasn't been the case all um, over the last few years. And he's reached out to several people. I think if you give Wayne a couple of years, they're going to be fine because they definitely have the athletes. Well, tell us a little bit about what you thought of Mr. Vizi's day on, on Saturday. We were talking earlier on the show, a freshman coming in and winning semi-state at 182 pounds is, is an accomplishment I, definitely worth applauding. I think I pre- predicted that. Yes, you certainly did. Yeah, but that's, right. an, that's an easy pick, heavy hands. That's an easy pick. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, no knock against any of the other uh, greats from, from Snyder and even Fort Wayne. But in the last 33 years, and I can only speak on that, I have never seen a freshman from Fort Wayne that came in this pair. And I think, if I'm correct, he may be the first freshman from Fort Wayne, uh, definitely from the SAC, I believe, to win Summer State as a freshman. I think I'm right. That would be a good trivia question for, for one of us to look up, and I'll have to look into that and see if we can verify it. But off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody, and uh, I know I can speak for Rex on this. Uh, we were awfully impressed, and uh, I'll give a shout-out to Mr. Vizi because I wore my Dial Capone Vizi shirt to school on Friday before semi-state and uh, got, a, got a good smile from some of the Belmont kids who were right, right there with me rooting them on. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, most definitely. Like, they, there's something about, you know, that 27, 30 miles. I don't know, but there's definitely a connection there because there's a mutual respect between those two programs. I know we touched on that the last time I spoke, but, you know, I, you know, I, was, uh, I was pumped with Ruble. I got scared. Now I'm so lie. did we. We all did. <laughs> I got scared now. But I know the kid that, um, that, put him on his back too we love that kid as well so either one would have won i wouldn't have been upset um but i was really heartbroken when let's lost i'll tell you what heavy hands uh i did have an opportunity to speak with your mentor seth condon on saturday and i he did go and i sent him a text and told him to go listen to the show because you were on with us and he said I tell you what, Brew, he said, that kid gave me fits when he was in high school. And I told him, I said, well, he has turned out to be a fine adult. And uh, he thinks that uh, Seth Conan had something to do with it. So there's some real uh, respect uh, there. Def, like, uh, he told me once I, I took my son, when my son was a senior, I took him to go talk to Seth. And I was telling him, you know, Seth, uh, tell him how I was in high school. And he said, well, you see this grade back here? And my son goes, yes. He said, well, he gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, but, you know, Seth was integral. He, he got me to go to college. He never gave up on me. And uh, he's a great mentor, and he's still there doing this thing, um, helping young people out. Well, General, we certainly thank you for your appearance tonight on our uh, podcast session of the show. And uh, we wish you, wish you luck this week. And uh, hopefully we'll see you down in Indianapolis on Friday or Saturday. Yep, um, I think I may have to go because uh, I think history might be made this weekend. So, well, you I'm just you just hit us up and and we'll we'll find a way to get you on the mic. No, uh, most definitely appreciate you having me. All right, thanks a lot, and that's been uh, Mr. Uh, General Heavy Hands, a former Snyder wrestler that uh, was one of our guests uh, 
earlier this season. So uh, as he goes off the podcast, we get ready to dial up our next phone-in guest. And that is going to be Greg Rakestraw, who has, over the last few years, brought his voice and his broadcasting talents both to the bracket reveal show and to the actual broadcast of the wrestling. Good Hello. E- good evening, sir. This is Rex Brewer and Dane Filling with the uh, Hager Sefner Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly. How are you this evening? Good. How are you? We're fantastic. Well, Greg, we want to compliment you on uh, the, the show yesterday, 4 o'clock, Mike Gable uh, on org. I can tell you that just about every cell phone and laptop and uh, smart TV in Adams County was tuned in to U2 down in Indianapolis, and it was a great show. Well, thank you very much, and Mark Jaynes and I will both tell you the exact same thing about working with Mike. All our job is is to let people know who is in the bout or who is actually you know, in the draw, and then be quiet, get out of the way, and let the legend do his job. So as long as I can read last names, I throw softballs to Mike and let him take over. Yeah, he really is talented and so knowledgeable and somebody who has been through every stage of this sport going all the way back to the 1970s. And uh, it, we're just all lucky as wrestling fans to, uh, to, to, to be a part of high school wrestling, even, you know, even after he's retired. And he, I know he's still coaching football, but uh, he's somebody who could have just walked away from the sport, sat in the bleachers, grabbed himself to a shaved ice, and just enjoyed it. But you know, it's a lot of work that he puts in to the broadcast and to the show that was on yesterday. But uh, I know that he appreciates Indiana high school wrestling and, and what it means to not just Evansville, but the whole state of Indiana. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a phrase that I immediately think of, and it's people ask me about the amount of prep that, that I do for a particular broadcast or, or you know, for the other pairing shows. Like, for example, I've got basketball coming up, and I'll be in Mike's seat as the analyst for that coming up on, on, on Sunday. And I said, you know, I said a lot of the prep that I do – I said it's because I live the life, you know, it's because I'm out there kind of doing it every day. Well, clearly Mike does that. This is the part where I tell you Mike got to the studio four hours ahead of showtime yesterday to have as much factoids and knowledge and information on these wrestlers as he could. So it'd be so easy for Mike just to kind of go off of what he's seen during the course of the season or be very modern day dominant in terms of talking because there's always going to be great wrestlers from modern day. We have two defending state champions that are wrestling in higher weight classes this year. He could easily rest on his laurels and just talk about stories from the old days or the top wrestlers he's seen this year. So he, he can provide both the analyst eye in terms of, hey, this is why this guy's better than this guy. But then on top of that, he prepares like a play-by-play guy and has every factoid possible so as good as he was as a competitor as good as he was as a coach he is every bit as good at that as he is a broadcaster so as a person with a media pass and i've been into the media room uh down where they serve the big hot dogs uh and in between rounds before the finals and to witness uh mike gable with one of those big round tables completely covered with papers and he's scrambling (laughs) through them and he's He's jamming for a big quiz like he's uh, taking his uh, final exam for his uh, college project. But uh, like you said, he puts the work in, and uh, he wants to make sure he gets as much information jammed into that head of his as he can. 
No, he's he's tremendous, and uh, he is he is as talented and he is as knowledgeable in his sport as any analyst I work with. And I'm fortunate to work with a lot of of great ones, but there's no better than and, Mike and, Gable. And also, to much to our surprise, one of our biggest fans on the High School Wrestling Weekly as well. <laughs> he's a great guy, simply put. Well, Greg, I'll, I'll put this question to you. You know, Rex and I, uh, we're not quite up to your level when it comes to broadcasting because when it comes winter, we, uh, we push every other sport off to the side. We do some volleyball, we do some baseball and softball, but we focus on wrestling in the winter. Uh, I, I know you're doing broadcasts all winter long. You're doing the girls' uh, bracket reveal, the boys' bracket reveal. Uh, what's different about wrestling for you in the winter when it comes to calling those state finals? You know, I almost liken it to uh, Chris Berman did like one night of hockey a year, and he would bring out like the nicknames. Uh, I remember Daryl opens the door and, and Yuri lets it in uh, from their days together with the Dallas Stars 20-ish years ago. I, f- I don't do the nicknames, but I feel like that's me coming to do wrestling. Um, I, I, get to do it, I get to do it two nights a year, one in terms of the pairing show, and the other, and after, you know, COVID-19 protocols, I did not – do the on the mat interviews last year i am back to doing them this year and i'm thrilled about that so i get to interview 14 state champs and a state championship winning coach and i get to say something interesting in the first you know two minutes of the broadcast and, it, and it's going to be about jesse mendez i can warn you about that now and zeke seltzer and the other defending champions that we're going to have potentially make the state final and i was talking about jesse likely being a four-time state champion again uh, the most unique of honors that this sport has i will go back to the first year that i was lucky enough to be on, on the state television broadcast and that was the year of red versus lee in 132 and and so this is five six years ago now at this point and it was and you guys were there it was a roar that you could hear and feel as soon as the match started, because there was this amazing sense of anticipation for what that match could be and what it turned out to be. Um, what I love about, about wrestling is the dedication the individuals have to it, the, the, the dedication the coaches have to it, the passion that the fans have to it. And that's why I try to bring the same sort of energy and atmosphere. Even when I'm around it, you know, every day, um, or, or have maybe even the knowledge level that you guys have um, or, or, or even other fans have, I think I can ask good questions, and I have a wonderful sense of appreciation for how great the atmosphere is in the field house and what it takes for wrestlers, coaches, families, et cetera, to get to that point. So uh, if the opportunity presented itself, I'd do some more wrestling during the course of the year, but if these are the two nights I'd do it, I love getting that call from the IHSAA. Well, I'll give you some credit because since you guys have started to do the on-mat uh, interviews after the finals, some of the best moments from the finals that, that my students in class, when they want to talk about previous years, they talk, remember that time that uh, this guy did this interview and he said this? Uh, those are some really great moments in bringing, you know, you talk about sometimes football players in the NFL, you don't recognize them with their helmet off. It's kind of the same thing with wrestlers. I, I'm lucky enough with my newspaper job to be able to interview some of these kids, but you never really get to hear them talk and, and show just how intelligent, what great kids they are, and you really give them that opportunity. It's interesting that you know, when you're talking to a freshman or sophomore, it can be different from talking to a junior or a senior 
or if you're going to be talking to a kid for a second or third year, like guys like Lee and Paris, you know, felt like old buddies of mine by the time they graduated because we had had those conversations so many times. And, I, and even though I missed last year, I might feel that way with, with, with Mendez, you know, coming up in his weight class on Saturday. Uh, and, and, and it's two or three questions. It's really quick. As I joke, people, you've heard me say this before. It's the easiest gig I have all year. I've got 15 guys that want to talk to me because they just won a state championship. I only had one wrestler, and it was my first year, that didn't wasn't really keen on doing a post-match interview because, yes, he had won a state championship, but he had not, he not, he had not been scored on that entire year. And somebody got two points off of him in the state <laughs> championship match. And I'm like, I, I was joking. I'm like, um, I don't think I want to force the issue here because I'm sure there are things you can do to me that, you know, I don't want the public to be able to see in terms of uh, physical violence. But he kind of calmed down and he was nice enough to uh, come on and do the interview. He was a little upset about the way things played out. That shows you how high the bar was set for that young man that he went to go on and wrestle in the Big Ten. But he was upset that he gave up a point in a state championship match. So, Greg, but, uh, I'm going to. This interview a lot of fun. So, Greg, I'm going to date myself here. If you go onto the Indiana High School Athletic Association website, you can buy videos of state championships. The oldest video available on state wrestling championships is 1978. Uh, my junior year, I wrestled in the state finals in 1978. They didn't have one for the 79, but then they have a pick up and get an 80. So the oldest video you can buy is from 1978. And I wanted to see myself lose so bad for 30 years that finally I broke down and I spent the 50 bucks and I ordered a video. I ordered the DVD and I was like, well, it's going to come so I can watch myself get blanked in the state finals. And I had a daughter who stayed home sick from school that day and I come in, I was looking for the mail and she goes, you're not on it. I was like, what do you mean? She said, you're not on it. And I was like, yes, yes I am. So that year they were covering state swimming championships and state wrestling championships at the same time. So they edited it out. My match was so bad, I got beat 7 to nothing. The guy says, so for the 119-pound state championship, Keith Saunders of Bloomington, South B. Rex Brewer, 7 to nothing. But due to time constraints, we didn't have time to cover it. And let's go on to the next match. And they should next match. And I was like, you're kidding me. So I sent a thing to Jason Willie. I was like, Jason, I didn't make things. thing. He goes, I'll send your 50 bucks back. So I got the free, I got the free tape. But you know, my daughter's like, you're not on it. It's like, you're kidding me. She watched it when I, before I got home. Well, Greg, while we're here, uh, I love Rex's story, but uh, we got to give a shout-out to Jason. Uh, you know, all of the stuff that he does for us for WZBD as far as the IHSAA goes, we've asked him so many things from covering uh, football state finals to covering state finals in volleyball, and every time we ask him, hey, we need this, he finds a way to get it done. Jason Willie is wonderful. Um, and, you know, obviously – you know, this is our living, you know, and, and, and a good chunk of us get paid well at this level to do what we do. But you have to have a passion for high school sports to be doing this at the IHSAA. And, and Jason, to, to make a dated reference, is the shell answer man. You know, if, if there is a question, if Jason have in his notes, he will find it for you. And Jason has grown accustomed to getting an email from me the week of the state finals as I am doing a various level of prep for different things, he'll get an email titled for me that says research project. And then after that, he gets another research project. And then here comes the third research project, et cetera. In other words, it's me asking a question saying, hey, this is the first time this has happened since when? Can you go look that up for me? And invariably, before that state championship broadcast, 
I have some sort of factoid on this, you know, being the first time since this or the first time since this or whatever the case may be. He is absolutely wonderful. And it's why if you watch last night's show, you'll hear me thank a couple of people sporadically throughout the course of the broadcast. He is one of them. The other is Heath Shanahan, who is the guy that is making sure, you know, the, the cameras are pointed towards Mike and I, that is making sure the graphics are done properly uh, and, and, and get up there on the screen. He is the one-man production band, for the most part, for those pairing shows, and they are the two most unsung heroes behind the scenes at the IHSAA, Jason Willie and Heath Shanahan. So, Greg, uh, one last question. Dana and I want to know, how do we get a piece of that big money? Because we're not, <laughs> we're not getting it from the show. Well, you're rich with life experiences. Uh, that yes, don't pay the bills, know. Greg. <laughs> Some, well, I mean, I, I, I know how – I know the spa- – I've been to the ZBD studios. I've been up there at the top of the chalet. And I'm not sure <laughs> wow. Uh, now, I am impressed, Greg. <laughs> you have been on top of the imaginary mountain? I, I, I have made my way up the spiral staircase. That, to see how the radio sausage is made in beautiful downtown Burns. So you are, you are one of us. Doing. <laughs> well, Greg, we certainly appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, we hope that maybe, I don't know what if you've got a basketball game to call Friday night, but uh, we will have our show in between sessions Friday uh, around 4 or 5, so maybe we, at the very least, can get you on a, another phone call as we talk about half of the matches being done on, uh, on Friday night. I do, I do have basketball that night. I've got Carmel and Warren Central. Uh, wrestling gets my focus from about 5.15 on Saturday until we declare a team state champion. So we can certainly do another phone call on Friday afternoon. We'd love to hop back on with you. For sure. Or if you need to, you can come on before your uh, your official duties start at 5. If you're there earlier in the day on Saturday, you can uh, come up to our booth and, and put a mic on. Definitely. You got it. Thanks so much. My pleasure, guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. And that's been Greg Greatstraw from the IHSAA Network. And, uh, Dan, I, I don't think he can top that. I think that's a show. I, I can't believe that he's been on top of the imaginary mountain. We talked to Greg Straw. We talked to Hit General Heavy Hands. Talked to the commish. It was a good one. We're spent. Here on Valentine's re- Day, we got nothing left. I know. And I don't even have my gift for you. I, I didn't buy you one. Okay, good. I spent so much on my wife's, I had nothing left. Well, uh, we certainly thank all of our guests, and we thank all of our listeners, everybody who listens to this hour and 38-minute podcast while they're on their way to uh, a PFW class, or maybe they're just bored out of their minds. It doesn't matter. We all love high school wrestling. Uh, We're going to have highs. We're going to have lows this weekend. We're going to feel for guys. We're going to be excited for guys. We're going to be elated for some people. But when it's all said and done and they sing the national anthem, uh, at 7.15 on Saturday night, it's going to be uh, every person in the entire field house, all 10,000, 11,000 of them, feeling like little kids. From B.J. Farote to Bruce Timmy to Judge Kukulhan to Tony Curry to you guys who have wrestled in the state finals before, it, it doesn't matter. It feels like a brand-new addition, and it's just as exciting every year. And I'll tell you what, um, wrestling in the state finals, I was really nervous, but as a 16-year-old kid, um, I was also the youngest official ever to referee the state finals by about three months. Uh, and I tell you what, it just trickled down your leg just a little bit when that first whistle went off, and I was jacked up pretty high just to referee. So uh, I've had, I kind of had that same feeling broadcast my first year of the year that uh, Matt Irwin was state champion too. And uh, hopefully Adams County's got a champ, or maybe two. 
this year. It's been a while, and uh, I know there's a lot of people who, you know, there's a lot of kids that uh, really most of the kids on the team are, are hard-pressed to really remember when, when Billy won uh, back then, and now Billy's had his hand. Uh, we talked, I know I, you guys talked on the broadcast about the effect that Billy has had on, on guys like Henry and on Keegan, and uh, I think back to how memorable those Saturday nights are. I can remember every person that was with me on Saturday night when Billy won, when Matt won, when John Sheets won. I can remember all of those. I, I can't really remember back before that because I'm too young. But uh, I know everybody that's had that experience who's gone down there hoping to have a state champion and they actually do it, uh, the celebrations that Saturday night are, are a lot of fun and, and very memorable. You know, so one day I'm just scrolling through random you know, YouTube videos, and if you watch enough wrestling videos, they keep throwing more wrestling videos at you. Billy Baker, state championship match. It's like, where did this come from? And it, it's Christian out there. Lentz. Christian Lentz. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. He beat, he beat that kid three, four times that year, it feels yeah. like. So, hey, that's the podcast, and we'll see all of you, or we'll listen to all of you, or you'll hear us, one of the three, on uh, Friday, probably around 10.30, 10.45 a.m. Like to thank all of our sponsors. Like to thank this huge crowd that has made its way out to Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill tonight uh, on Valentine's Day. Like to thank all those people see here just tearing the place up. And uh, with that, tune in on Friday for another episode of the Hager Seppner Hershey Hershey's Hershey High School Wrestling Weekly.